Hey folks, it's Monday, November 8th, around 4.30 p.m. when I'm recording this, and it is now getting darker an hour earlier. What does this mean for us? Well, what it means for all of us is that we should be aware of our surroundings, the time change, the seasonal changes, and even the holidays coming up could create stress points and anxiety for each of us. So I want you to be nice to yourself and check in. Check in with a friend, check in with someone that you trust. Remember that there are resources available to all of us to get help. You can go to betterhelp.com to reach out to someone who is a professional therapist. You can also use the Headspace app. Also the Headspace shows that are on Netflix that I have found very therapeutic. There's also the Calm app. So there's lots of different options out there. I just want all of us to be prepared and aware of how we all respond to the changes that are happening around us and to feel the freedom and permission to reach out. All right, you good? I'm good. All right, let's do the show. What is up, podcast nerds? Welcome to episode eight of Clockwork Nights. This is my podcast. My name is Clark Wayne. Welcome to the show. How are we doing? How is your week going wherever you are? I hope it is starting out well for you. It warmed up here in Nashville. Today might be the last day that I could wear shorts all day and possibly get some sun for the rest of 21. Oh, man, we got a good one today. Thomas Reschke is my guest today. Thomas is a drummer here in Nashville, Tennessee. I was working at a bar running live sound where one of Thomas's, I'm sure he's been in many bands here in Nashville. One of his one of his bands was doing uh, a covers night at the bar that I was working at, and we befriended each other. He was wearing a Milwaukee Brewers hat. Of course, I had to say something because I'm a Cubs fan and we're in the same, not only the same league, but we're in the same division. Like we're almost arch enemies, except we both hate the Cardinals. So there you go. Instant friends, right? We can bond over hating the Cardinals because <laughs> all of you guys come here for the, the sports updates, which biggest sports update, the Astros lost, a.k.a. The Braves won the World Series. I went over to Sam's place in South Nashville and hung out and watched the game. It made me very nostalgic. I was very excited to see the Braves win for the first time in what, like 22 years? Something crazy like that? It was amazing. It was so fun to see. It took me back to being a kid and thinking about my best friend Jacob who has uh, passed away. Jacob was four years older than me and got me into baseball cards and a lot of baseball culture that I know today. He was he was the he was the gateway kid 
the neighborhood. Do you have that kid in your neighborhood? You know, the kid who is maybe a couple years older than you, who just knew a little bit more about the world than you did and opened your eyes to a much bigger world. <laughs> Jacob was that way for me in very uh, in a lot of ways. So that's that's a that's another another time, another place. Maybe I don't know. That, that game definitely made me nostalgic. It took me back to being a kid, and and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Sitting there thinking about how this was the first World Series that Jacob's favorite team, the Braves, uh, were in the World Series since he had passed away. So, yeah, maybe maybe I should talk about this, right? It's good. Uh, before I forget, also, I'm really stoked because I discovered that Logic Pro that I do, I record all these sessions into to Logic Pro. It's, it's an Apple program. They have technology to take out the microphone hiss. So here we go. This is the first one where I can have pauses, natural pauses like this, and there's hardly any hiss. I don't have to edit that. I don't have to like maneuver all this crazy stuff. Like I can just, I can breathe a little bit better, do these intros a little bit more naturally. I'm very excited. Thank you, Apple. Thank you, technology. Thank you, science. And for all the advancements that you have made <laughs> for for the last however many thousands of years. But yeah, you know, thinking thinking about nostalgia, thinking about the Atlanta Braves and and taking me back to my childhood. You know, the, the last couple of conversations that I've had as well with guests have definitely taken me back to my childhood, talking about riding bikes and discovering music for the first time. It's a good place to be in, man, to to appreciate things that you grew up with and to remember that, that there's a part of you that at one time looked at the world as this big thing that you didn't understand. And, and whether you had hope or, or you grew up in a, in a dire situation, there was just a lot that you didn't understand that maybe now you understand a little bit more of. And, and you, were, you were that person discovering those things and, and finding out that that first time album when you you know that you did you cracked open in your in your room by yourself and that artist good to remember that you're still that same person you can still discover you can still have good memories it's painful to think about how some people have left us but i'm doing my best to remember them and to try not to stuff things down or forget. You know, my best friend Dan and I, we we do have a, a saying whenever we drink is to drink to remember, not to forget. And I think there's a lot of wisdom in that, you know. I want to be able to celebrate the memories that I have, and I don't want to drown out the pain. I want to be present to deal with the sorrows of life as well as the joys. And so I, I guess... That's, that's what I'm doing right now. Like I'm making myself talk about it, get it off my chest. Jacob was a, a very dear friend to me. We definitely went separate ways. About the time I was going into to middle school, he would have been getting his driver's license. But, you know, we, we always knew. We had a bond. We, we had a good foundation as, as buddies in the neighborhood that we were always going to be friends. And, man, just just, you know, again, Watching the game, watching this game that I've watched a million times, a million different teams, 
just watching it, that that one win just felt like I was hanging out with my my buddy again. Watched it at the bar by myself, and it, it wasn't as depressing. There were other people there celebrating, and, and they were with their friends. It just so happened that like I knew they were going to win, so I darted down the road to the neighborhood bar and, and just hopped in real quick and got to got to enjoy that with me and Jacob. I really do feel like that happened. So, how are you? I, I hope that whatever thing is possibly going on in your life, it's it's going okay. And if it's not, I want you to know you're going to be all right. If you ever need to to reach out to someone, do it. Do it. Pick up the phone, text them, message them, get on Facebook Messenger. Do you do you message over Snapchat or do you DM this person? Are they a family member? Are they a school friend? Are they a teacher, the coworker? Who is it that you trust? If you need them, just reach out. You know, it can do a, a world of good just to take those five seconds. And even if you don't have the energy or strength to, to say, hey man, I'm dealing with something or I can't shake the thing, sometimes a new conversation is a good, healthy distraction to uh, get out of the rut, so to speak, and move on. You know, that there is a, a good thing about refocusing your mind and putting it on something new. I don't want to, you know, I definitely think that we should deal with things as best as we can, but sometimes giving things a break or putting our focus on something else is also good. So if there's someone that can help you start that conversation, please reach out to them. I've mentioned this before. You can always write to clockworknightspodcast at gmail.com. I do check the emails there before I do the show every week and check in. I do my best. I'm not the best at at writing back, but I do read them, and I do enjoy reading the responses that I get from you guys. Another thing I wanted to touch base on is that I am still working on putting together a small EP to release to... Uh, the patrons for the show. I think I'd mentioned last week that I, I was going to give it to who had ever signed up plus the next 10 people. I'm, that, that's my mistake. I meant to say, I'm just going to give it to whoever signs up as a patron. Like I, I, for whatever reason, I thought, put a limit on it. No, 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 no. You sign up to be a patron, you get instant goods with the Clockwork Nights podcast. So that is at patreon.com forward slash clockwork nights. And again, you can write to me at clockworknightspodcast at gmail.com, and I'd be more than happy to hear about what's going on in your life, where you are, how you found this podcast, and what you're enjoying about it. Today, my guest is Thomas Reschke, who is originally from Wisconsin. He's an awesome musician who I've been able to witness play live Gosh, probably like 20 times. I don't know. I, 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 Not only that, like I got to run sound for the guy. So like it was my job to make him sound good. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. And he made the job that much more enjoyable. Sometimes when you're working live sound, it's not the most fun thing in the world, especially if the person on stage sucks. <laughs> Thomas does not suck at his instrument. Um, we get into... 
a few different topics uh, about Thomas's life. One of the topics that we deal with was um, about the adoption of his son. And I failed to mention this. You know, the, the reason I could also connect with this story is that I have an adopted sibling. So I, I always love to hear about a successful adoption story. And it's just so cool to hear about how much Thomas and his wife love their son. As I mentioned at the end of the podcast, I really do want to take lessons by this guy. I think that it would help get my chops back in order to play again more consistently, you know, and have fun with it. We talk about drums a lot, so we do nerd out, but hang in there. There's great content. There's fun content. Even if you're not a drummer, I promise it's a fun time. Uh, we did record this in my living room. I originally was going to do this on the porch. It was going to be another porch cast. But man, it got cold in Nashville the past couple of weeks and just a little too chilly to be holding microphones to the faces on the porch. So we did it in my living room. I still brought the camping chair in and sat in the camping chair. I gave Thomas the Tempur-Pedic couch. We hung out. I was cooking. So you're going to hear the instant pot go off. But you know what? That's what happens. That's what happens. That's where we are. I'm just glad we got to hang out. And I'm really glad that you guys get to hear this conversation. I hope you enjoy it. You can find Thomas Reschke at Tom Reschke on Instagram. There's all kinds of drum posts and, and whatnot. And, and the things that he is doing in the studio are just always fun to watch. So, all right. So without further ado, it is my privilege to introduce to you, friend of the podcast, drummer, musician, Thomas Reschke. that just you know the, the stuff for the house <laughs> kind of thing yeah i'm learning <laughs> like we still have like for me like we both have regular jobs uh -huh. right and so that is like a communal pool of our monies but when i play gigs that's like almost like a separate pool it's like my venmo shit yeah yeah so like i can just use that money to go and buy you know a 250 dollars snare drum if i want uh -huh. and like she can't say anything you know <laughs> she can't be like well mm. not not immediately not immediately but <laughs> but she'll might, <laughs> might have some lead way <laughs> yeah and she'll be like and i remember buying um are we is this okay can we can i just talk yes yeah go ahead and kiss the microphone like Hi. get it get hello. it right on you. hello hello make, make yourself comfortable like, pull it all the way up yep yep um but i remember uh so one Oktoberfest, uh forks when it was at the old location the the better location yeah the uh, 12 south uh yeah 12th avenue south yeah um they were having like a sale so we go to Oktoberfest in germantown yeah and uh, and I get just blitzed, um, and she's she's fine to drive, and so I'm I'm like, honey, and I just got home from tour, so I had a bunch of tour bucks, I was flush with cash, and uh, 
So I was like, honey, you got to drive me to Forks. And she's like, all right. She, you know, obliged. And, uh, and I walk in and they're having a sale on uh, Ludwig Black Beauties, Ooh. which is like my dream snare drum yeah. since I was a little kid. Absolutely. And, uh, and so I walk in and they have just one on a stand and they have a bunch. And so I pick up a stick and I just think to myself, I'm going to hit this once. If I love it, it's mine. And I go crack. And I'm like, there it is. Yeah. And then a sales guy comes around. He's like, um, hey, how's it going? I'm like, yep, I want that. I want that. He's like, oh, you want me to grab one of these? And the, I'm like, nope, that's the one. I want that one. And so after like maybe five minutes in the store, I walk out with this drum. Amanda just waited in the car. Yeah. And, uh, and she's like, what, what do you have? I'm like, I, I got a new snare drum. And she's like, <laughs> how much was that? I'm like, less than $600. <laughs> it's a deal. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you know? <laughs> and she was like, uh, that, I was going to get some drapes and uh, I wanted some, a new rug for the, but okay, great. You got another drum. <laughs> cool. Right. Don't you already have a snare drum? I'm like, yeah, but this is the, you don't get it. It's the one. Yeah, this is the one. <laughs> you should have been there when I hit it. <laughs> you totally would change your mind. <laughs> no, she still would not no. change your mind. But um, I still have it. Still a great drum. Oh, cool. You got to yeah. keep it. Yes, I got to keep it. <laughs> it's still, but it's still part of like the, in the assets category where it's like, you know, if, if it comes down to it, yeah. we can sell this stuff, right? And I'm like, mm, I mean, technically, yeah, technically, but technically. we're not, we're not selling. If, if you are in a hospital and you're in a coma, yes, I would. I and would. the doctors are giving me one of two options. I, I will consider selling. I will, yes, I will consider it. Yeah. Such a drummer. Yeah. <laughs> first of all, you are my first, I think my first drummer ever on the podcast. Like I, I interviewed drummers from my hometown four or five years ago and then the podcast stopped. So I never got to release those episodes, mm -hmm. but I'm like super stoked because like we can talk shop, yeah, but baby. then also not just talk like drummer nerdy shit, like drummers have like a certain personality to them. And they're like, and I think they vary, very like, you know, the, uh, the very for a drummer personality isn't very wide. Right. You know, but for me, it's like, I've, I'm a collector as well. Instead of getting into toys or into like, I, I quit skateboarding when I started drumming and I just put every dollar that I could save into drumsticks, the next stand, a cymbal stacker. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Like a Gibraltar cymbal stacker. Like, yeah. oh man, I got to have that. Yes. I need that. Yeah. And now everything's going to be better. Yeah. And then it never stops. And so when I picked up guitar, like that translated to pedals. Yeah. And I, I never like branched out and bought multiple guitars. Like I just poured into like sounds. And I think like that percussionist side of me is like, okay, like you can't have too many shakers. You can't have too many like weird things. Sure. Like that's just what I go for, whether it's microphones, pedals, like I'm always on the hunt for like that weird thing. Yeah. And just like kind of what you were just saying, it's just like, I, I'm not going to let it go. Like even if I don't use it all, but like that one time for that one session. Yeah. You don't let it go. I have a pair of bongos, Ludwig bongos that I... Um, borrowed from my high school 
quote unquote. <laughs> What's but, the name of the high school? <laughs> Tremper. George Nelson Tremper High School. Send me a uh, invoice for uh, <laughs> these Ludwig Bong- 1970s Ludwig bongos. Hopefully they've never heard of Reverb.com. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but so I, I have those and I've had those, you know, since I met my girlfriend, now wife, in like 2005. Mm. And she's always looked at them and wanted to put plants in them. Because oh. she's like, those would make great little yeah. pots. Uh-huh. You know, you just turn them upside down. Oh. oh, okay. She would turn them upside down. Yeah. Okay. And I, I'm like, <laughs> I'm just like, no, we're, we, we, this isn't shenanigans or, right. you know, Applebee's where we just have like, you know, instruments that turn, like these are meant to be played. Yeah. Yeah, like I remember as a kid, the Applebee's in my hometown had a Zildjian K symbol on the wall. Mm. And I remember even at 13 and 14, I knew what that was. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, who, who gave this to them? (laughs) And why is it there? And had I known better, I would have gone to the manager and been like, what can we work out? (laughs) How many honey glazed things do I have to order? To get that (laughs) into my car. (laughs) Because I'll do it. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, that always pisses me off when restaurants just have like, and I'm not talking about like instruments that like aren't played, like usable instruments on Mm -hmm. the wall. And especially when you're you're just like, you know, like little kids would like, you know, school music programs or, you know, not funded very well. Like that could be in a kid's hands yeah. making music. Instead, it's just on your wall in your stupid bar. Yeah. There's even a guy, um, speaking of symbols, wow, this is going to be a very spastic podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Buckle in, <laughs> folks. <laughs> There's a guy in Philadelphia who is repurposing symbols. And he started an Instagram page and he's like even done his own symbols. I don't know if like he's making them like through and through from the beginning. But I know he's posted where he's taken like crack symbols and recut them or hammered them and sold, resold them. Yeah. Which that's great. It's like he's recycling in a sense. Yeah. And, you know, like I think about the, all the Sabian B8s and the cheap symbols that I've taken to the scrapyard just to get a few cents and then been like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> like I have in my basement, I have, at least five or six crack cymbals and probably 40 old drum heads that are, you know, not broken. Yeah. They're, I could still, you, you know, you could still put them on a drum and they would work. Yeah. And I just, can't, I can't get rid of them. Yeah. Because I'm just holding on to it. Like, eventually I, I'll probably like give them to like a school or something, mm-hmm. you know, like something. But it's just like, I can't just throw them away. Yeah. Because I'm like, they're, they're usable. Yeah. And, you know, maybe in five years when I don't have any money for uh-huh. heads, like I can put those back on. Yeah. Yeah. And just curious, like, what about like your home growing up? Like, did you, did you grow up? Like, I know you're from the Midwest. You're from Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Got <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Out> here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like, you know, like what, what was it like? Did, uh, were your parents well off? Were you middle class? Like. Did, did they teach you to reuse things and, and hold on to things? Yes. My parents yes. were baby boomers and they definitely taught yeah, me that. Yeah, same. Mine were baby boomers. And so my grandparents all lived through the depression. Yeah. So my both my parents were raised 
from people that had lived through the depression. Mm -hmm. So that kind of trickled down to me and my siblings. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, <laughs> and we, you know, my dad was a, a cop and my mom was a cashier at the Piggly Wiggly. Mm -hmm. So we were just regular old middle class. We weren't poor, yeah, but we weren't like well off or anything. Mm -hmm. um, but it was definitely a, uh, here's what's for dinner. That's what you're eating. And you're not leaving the table until you're done because yeah. that's all you're getting. <laughs> and, uh, you know, going to the grocery store would be like, hey, um, hey, mom, can I get some fruit roll-ups? And like, we can't afford that. Yeah. And, and you know, now being a grown-up, I'm like, fruit roll-ups are $2. We can't afford, <laughs> what? What are you talking about? We can't afford it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she, you know, she was probably doing the thing of, I'm not spending my money on that. And plus that's junk. Yeah. And it's like, if you say yes to that, where does it end? Right. I have a feeling, which I'm, I'm not a parent, but I'm assuming that's a thing still with yes. kids. <laughs> That is a thing. The the trying to find healthy ways to tell a child no without telling them no. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, <laughs> or just you just tell them no. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's there's got to be a line drawn. Yeah. It's just hard nose. Yeah. Across the board. Yeah. I have a not almost nine year old now, mm -hmm. and so all he wants to do is eat pizza rolls and play Fortnite. Like if he had it his way, that's yeah. all he'd do all day. And so there's a lot of hard no's that happen in my house. Yeah. You know, pizza rolls wise, of course, <laughs> and uh, Fortnite wise. Um, but yeah, you, you, <laughs> you'll, you'll, you, uh, you get used to saying no quite a bit Good. with a kid. Yeah. I mean, I was told no a lot too, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm not opposed to, I guess I've also have, been asking a lot of parents questions because it's like, if I become a parent, what am I in for? And everything, and, and you might agree with this, it always comes back to is you won't know until you you are. You can never prepare enough for it. Yeah, it's very true. Um, yeah, you can't prepare for it, but there's there's so much good that comes from it. And you know, a lot of a lot of, especially when I was single before I was even married, and even when I was married, you know, you'd talk to people that had kids and they're like, oh, you, you don't know, it's great. You, you, you have no idea. And yeah. I'm like, I have some idea. You know, <laughs> I've had a dog. Yeah. It's kind of the same, right? It's like, no, it's not the same. Yeah. Now that I'm an actual parent, it's not the same. <laughs> I, so I, on, on my phone, you know, you get those like memories sometimes mm -hmm. that just come up. Right. Not, not on like Facebook, but like on the actual phone thing. Yeah, and it, and uh, and there was one of my son from when he was three, just the other day, and the little hit of dopamine that it gave me. Just looking at this picture of him, I was just like, "Huh, wow, huh, yeah." And and like, I don't. That's the best way I can describe what it's. It's like just looking at a picture just gives me like a oh wow. It's so cool. Did you ever think you'd be that way? No, yeah. no. I'm a I'm a dark-hearted, just <laughs> I'm an, I'm an asshole. Like, yeah. I'm a cynic, you know. Uh, yeah, I never, no, I never thought I'd be that, that way. But uh, That's cool. Yeah, it's amazing. And it sucks sometimes, too. How it so? Sucks. I, you know, like, you know, kids ruin your shit. <laughs> like, they break your shit. They write on your walls. Uh -huh. um, they get in trouble at school. You got to talk to, like, school teachers. 
and and then like act like you're you're really interested when mm. I'm I'm not. Right. <laughs> like one time he got he got this <laughs> he got in trouble for using potty words and all the kids were laughing and the teacher was, you know, reprimanding him for for that. Right. And so she had to have a talk with me. Uh-huh. And I was like, sounds like he's kind of funny. Yeah. I don't I don't know, lady. <laughs> Maybe you need to you need to be a little more engaging with your class yeah. if he's taking over. Right. Cuz he's 5 and he's he's killing here. <laughs> was it more her than it was him? <laughs> like was it even that bad? I do, yeah, I do, I don't know. I think it was just he's a ham mm. and uh He's like a class clown sort of sort of kid. So yeah, yeah teachers are going to hate him for the rest of his life. But it's like, I don't know, he's funny. I don't know what to tell you, yeah. lady. I'd rather him be funny than, I don't know, what I was in school, which was just a wallflower little nerd. <laughs> like, just like, mm, I don't know. Really? Don't... So you, you weren't like a ham no. as a kid? No. no I mean, at least I, I, I know you a little bit. We've hung out. You know, whenever I was running sound at shows and you were, you were playing drums and you seem like a very extroverted, outgoing person, like did that, was that something you grew into? That's all an act. Really? Yeah. I'm very introverted. Okay. Um, I got a lot of anxiety. Um, when I was, a, yeah, when I was a kid, I was just kind of like a little dork. Um, I was, I was in the, um, it was in honors classes and the gifted program. Mm. So, um, so I was, I was quote unquote smart. But uh, the problem is I didn't get smarter. <laughs> so, you know, like, you know how like some kids like grow, like there's a kid in third grade that has a mustache. Right. You know, he's like a full grown man. Yeah. So that was how my brain was. Yeah. Like my brain grew into as smart as it is now then. So for a third grader, I'm pretty smart. Right. But at 10th grade, this brain is not very smart. Right, right. And now it's even worse because <laughs> of the booze. And <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I was, I was, I was kind of, I was just dork. I was dorky. I played mm-hmm. Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, cool. And, uh, you know, I had friends. I liked video games and stuff, but like I tried to play football and Little League and I was not athletic whatsoever. Okay. I got the Hustle Award. Do you know what that is? Yeah, I got a similar award as well. But you, what, you tell me about yours first. Well, You're the guest. For, for tell me about the hustle award. Know. The hustle award is, or it's, or it's the 110% award. It's just basically what they give to the kid on the team that sucks, but he tries. He shows up every day and he really tries hard. And so we got to give him an award. It's the hustle award. Here you go, right. little fella. Yeah. Yay. Good job. Good hustle. Yeah, good, good hustle. Wait a, you know, he shows up, he sucks, but... Yeah, you know, a boy. Right. Yeah. So you got a hustle award too? I got <laughs> the very first basketball team that I ever played on in like first grade, second grade. We never lost a game, but I never scored a point. So we got first place and the the big party was at a place called Mr. Gaddy's, which was like this locally owned pizza and arcade place for families. Yeah. It wasn't for teenagers. It wasn't for like kids. It was just like family, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Like, do you remember when, uh, did you ever go to Godfather's Pizza when? Yes. When they had like the arcade? Yes. Next, like very similar to that, but locally owned. Okay. And we had the party room in the back. You know, they were even showing a basketball game on the big screen and we're just like, you know, just having the time of our lives and they give out awards. I'll never forget. I got the team spirit award. 
<laughs> oh, that's, all right, that's worse. <laughs> I still have it. <laughs> oh, that's great. And the coach gave a long speech about me, and my parents were bawling. Like, they were bawling because he was like, he never scored a point, but he showed up every game excited, encouraging his teammates. And, like, 30 years later, I look back, and I'm just like, it all makes sense. <laughs> Team Spirit <laughs> like, Award. I am that guy. Like, I don't <laughs> score, but I'll encourage others to do Yay. so. Hey, wait. <laughs> Yay, go team. All right. You did it. <laughs> Yay. Wow. That's that's really, uh, that makes me feel better about my hustle. Yeah. Like, He's, he, good hustle. It's kind of, because it's like, it's like, you know, it's like the mascot award. <laughs> like the team. Like, <laughs> You did good. No one saw your face. No, uh, but yeah, you uh, you gave a uh, star player Gatorade when he yeah. uh, came off the bench and scored the winning point. So you know, good on you. What like got you into music? Like, it, was that also a product of kind of like you being into nerdy things as they were? Maybe. Um, was music played in the house at all? Sort of like you know, my my dad liked classic rock, like Credence, and uh, my mom listened to like whatever the top forty of the eighties, you know, like Phil Collins and yeah stuff like that. So it wasn't like prevalent. I have two older brothers, and both of them played guitar a little bit, mm. like for you know six months. Yeah. Um. So there were guitars in the house, but I didn't care about them. Mm -hmm. But I always wanted to play drums, like since I can remember. And especially like watching MTV. Yeah. Like I I was always fixated on like, I remember uh, the Metallica video one. Yes. When that came out and yeah. I was just like, what the fuck? And all the flashing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Scenes, and, I, and, and I was just like, Lars's big drum, his white drum set with the black hardware and the yeah. black heads. And I was just like, what is that? And yeah. then... I just noticed, you know, like Tommy Lee and like Bloss Elias from Slaughter <laughs> and like just all those like hair metal bands with those huge drum sets. Yeah. And I was just like, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. That's what I want to do. And then uh, my parents were like, no. And then fifth grade came around where in Wisconsin, it's probably similar in a lot of places, but in fifth grade, you get to like try out band and orchestral instruments. Yeah. And I already went in there knowing, like, I'm playing drums. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't give a fuck. You don't have to give me the trombone. Yeah, just don't. Give me the sticks. And of course, the you know the band director or the guy is like, all right, well, you have an overbite, so here's a here's a clarinet. And I was like, no, <laughs> no, I'm not playing clarinet. And he's right, I do have an overbite. I'd be a great clarinet player, <laughs> but I'm like, fuck, no, I, clarinet. <laughs> what? Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember and, uh, his name? Well, no, but I do remember my, I, uh, Mr. Taylor was my first band director okay. in junior high school. Sorry. No, I'm not trying fine. to sidetrack. I'm trying to think of like who, the, who, the, who was the guy because he was probably there. Anyway, and they gave me a violin too. I remember this because like I was actually good. You know how like little kids, you give a little kid a violin, it's like, it's like the worst sound. I, I could actually like make a nice sound on it. Yeah. And for a second, I was like, oh, maybe I should play this. Because even the band director, he was like, what? Whoa, that's mm -hmm. pretty good. And I was like, nah, drums. And he's like, you know, we have 60 drummers. We don't need any more drummers. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm not leaving this fucking place without a drink. Give me a snare drum. <laughs> Give me that Ludwig Acrolyte. It was a Ludwig Acrolyte. Nice. Yeah. That's what I have In one. that plastic case. With the stands, I have. That's what's that? Where I took my drums, 
and did that session for my buddy Billy. Yeah. The Ludwig Acrylite made it. Yeah. I thought I had screwed it up and I was like, dude, I've got this great one back at the house if this doesn't work. And for the longest time, I thought I was setting the snares wrong on the mm -hmm. bottom. I hadn't tuned the top head tight enough. Yeah. Like yeah. for the life of me, I was like, no, it's it's fine. Like none like I've I've tightened everything. When I went to his house and I redid the snares and I'm flipping it over, I'm like, what if it just needs to be tuned on the top? Like tuned it all the way around, hit it, and I was like, literally, <laughs> it's been a year of me scratching my head. <laughs> and it was the like drummer 101. Yeah. Oh, tune the top. <laughs> oh, duh. Yeah. But it sounds great. And it's it's the black label, whatever that is, but it's the same case. Yeah. You know, it's but it's funny to me that like those specific drums are like so sought after now. Yeah. And like they were just that was the student model uh -huh. when I was in fifth grade. Like they were just like giving them out to fifth graders. Yeah. Like, here you go. And now like, you know, people my age are just like, man, if I could just find an acrylate. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just like, I wish I would have hung on to that. Yeah. They're great. And, you know, they're in that line, that Ludwig, they have that sound. You yeah. You know, like, just tune it up right. Mm -hmm. And it's it's going to do something that sounds good. Yeah. Yeah, you know? totally. But, but, yeah, so... Not to derail again. Of course. Well, this is going to... Yeah, we're going to be all over the place. <clears throat> if anyone's still listening. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Mom. <Yeah. laughs> Wait, she doesn't know what a podcast is. Never mind, Mom. She won't hear that either. <laughs> I, yeah, I just always wanted to play drums, mm -hmm. and I finally got that snare drum. Two years later, my dad like surprised me one Christmas with like this little Remo drum set. Oh, cool! Like he he just like brought it in on Christmas Eve, like, and I could see him outside the house, and I was like, "What the fuck? What? <laughs> Seriously?" Because <laughs> like drums drums are kind of expensive, uh -huh. you know, like. They're doable, but like a a, sh a shitty guitar is yeah. like, and a shitty little amp is, you know, that's easy. But drums is like, you got to buy the drums, then you need the hardware. You need a hi-hat stand, you need a cymbal stand, cymbal stand, you need uh, hi-hat cymbals, you need a crash cymbal, you need a ride cymbal, you yeah. need a bass drum pedal, you need like, there's all this, it's kind of like when you buy a Nintendo, mm -hmm. uh, remember the Nintendo Wii? And then they're like, oh, well, there's a steering wheel that you can have to play this game, and there's this, and there's, there's a this. There's like a step board that you could... Yeah, yeah. Roll. So they so like they get you in on the ground level, mm -hmm. and then they just keep adding the shit. Yeah. <laughs> but so he finally got me a drum set, and that was just like, I was done. Yeah. I was just like, that. This, all is, in. this is it. I'm all in. Yeah. yeah. And I just wanted to be, you know, Tommy Lee and Neil Peart and Rick Allen from Def Leppard. Like, that was yeah. when... Like 1987, 88, like when Guns N' Roses and Def Leppard oh, and all the all those bands were like on MTV. I was just like, oh, this is the shit. Yeah. Like, that's what I want to do. Dude, Guns N' Roses. My neighbors cranked Guns N' Roses. And um, sometimes I, I rode to the school bus when it was raining in their Chevy Blazer. <laughs> Two-door Chevy Blazer. Yeah. And... They were cranking Guns N' Roses and Queen. Mm -hmm. And I was introduced to that music just a couple years after I had discovered hip hop. Yeah. So like hearing Queen and We Will Rock You and then Guns N' Roses, Welcome to the Jungle. It was just like, or Appetite for Destruction was in yeah, on yeah. their car all the time. They had tapes. Yeah. You know? Tapes, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and that, I, I will always, and I, I legit love Guns N' Roses. Like I'm a fan. Yeah, same. But like, there are certain groups 
that will hold an extra special spot in my heart. Mm-hmm. And they are one of them. And yeah. so you're stirring up all kinds of memories right now of like growing up in the Midwest when it was cold and rainy and just like, what are you going to do? But like stay inside and like focus on a craft or Super Nintendo if you if, <laughs> if you had one. Yeah. <laughs> like before the internet got into every house, it's just like those were hot commodities for a kid to have. Totally. The original NES or yep. a Super. Um, that's like pre PlayStation era. You oh know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't have a. My friend down the block had uh, an NES, and he had Legend of Zelda. Oh. And I would just like go over to his house any chance I got. Yeah. Just to like watch him play. Uh huh. Like, he I, he didn't even let me play. Yeah. I just wanted to sit there and watch him. <laughs> I knew those kids too. Yeah. <laughs> Which you know, like even these days, like my my son watches people play, you know, on YouTube. Sure. They'll play games and like he'll watch it. And, and, and my first instinct is like, what are you doing? You're watching play, people play video. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I remember. Yep. Yeah. Sorry. I did that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't have it and you're still trying to learn. Yeah. It's crazy how like that, that still like, like when you do get to play or you like even with music, you know, um, there were certain situations in middle school and high school where either you thought you were going to try out for a band or if you wanted to hang with a certain group and like you're showing up to their practice space, like you're not allowed to like, there's a threshold. Yes. You know, there's a line there and like your area is the couch or whatever. It's like, you have to sit and watch. And again, pre like, well, not pre-internet maybe for me, but like pre-smartphone, pre-even cell phone, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's like, all you have to do is focus on the thing that's in front of you. Yeah. For as long as your your mind will let you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and if you have ADD or whatever, like, you know, of course, like you might be somewhere else, but like if you can focus on the thing in front of you, like you're going to pick up on something. And yeah, like I, I feel like that's something, even myself, like I, I'm always trying to check myself, like I, I want to read more. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to absorb information a different way than just watching my phone but reading is hard it is like for especially for like now that i'm older uh-huh. like my eyes like they i get tired so uh-huh. i i have a book on my nightstand right now it's called like thinking logically okay i i got it from a campsite that we were at i just found it what's it about um th- <laughs> I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still on the preface. Uh, (laughs) Because like I start to read and like after a page, my eyes are just like, fuck this. Wow. So it's hard. So most of the books that, or most of the information that I ingest is like audio. Okay, sure. So like audio books or podcasts. Yeah. And I I do still try to read. It, It does help falling asleep. But, uh-huh. you know, I'm, I'm still of the generation where, like, you know, I went to the library. Yeah. I, I had to look up shit on encyclopedias. Sure. You know, I didn't have the internet. Yeah. So you had to ride your bike to the library uh-huh. and get an encyclopedia <laughs> and look up, you know, Guam and be like, all right, I'm doing a report on Guam. Do you remember the, the file cabinets where you had to look at sure. the cards? The Dewey Alpha. Decimal System, baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, they do have this book. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they have G.I. Joe under G. Where is yeah. this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Always check the G section and the M and J section for Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, you know, 
this is another tangent, but I used to like going to the library because not only I still do nowadays, because we have a great one here in Nashville. Mm. The the downtown library oh my gosh. is amazing. Beautiful. But that was where you got all the shit. So like not only books, but like records and you could get VHS tapes. Yes. And you could play computer games on like Apple IIe's at, at the library. Yeah. So like you could play like um, a Hitchhiker's Guide to it to the Galaxy. Okay, mine didn't have that. That computer game. Yeah. You could rent that, and it was on floppy disk, and you would put it in. Ooh. I never got far on it. Yeah. But uh, but the library was like it was kind of cool. That was the internet. Mm-hmm. You know, like that was where all the shit was. Yeah. Um. So it was, it's, I'm getting nostalgic just talking about like riding my bike to the library and like not only doing like school reports and looking shit up, but just like, oh, I can, I can check out records. Yes. And bring them home. Yes. (laughs) And play them on my record player. Yeah. Which sounds antiquated, but we were just listening to your record player here. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like come back full circle. For sure. And, and before we go any further, like your bike, did you have uh, handle brakes or did you have to brake with the chain? It was chain brake. Yeah. My first bike was a chain brake too. Yeah. 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 I don't think, I don't think I ever had, cause that was called freewheel, I think. So my older brothers were into BMX. So they had like Redline bikes and Diamondback. Like they, they used to get like BMX magazines. Cause yeah. And, uh, I don't know where I'm going with this. Anyway, right. I had a chain, it, you know, it broke like that. Yeah. Not, not handbrakes. Yeah. My bike was a no name. It was heavy. My first one, mm-hmm. super heavy. Like I still remember my dad trying to teach me how to ride my bike and me immediately falling over. <laughs> and him, he did that. He snickered because <laughs> he knows it's gonna happen. <laughs> and he's just like, and I'm like, oh, I mean, uh, and you know, I'm like try, myself trying to figure out. Like, I think I was more in shock that I wasn't doing it. And I actually fell first try. Mm. Then I was in pain, and I was. I just remember grabbing my knee and doing one of. The, <laughs> Like rubbing it really hard, I'm like, oh, dad, man! <laughs> he's like trying so hard to hold it in. He's like, yeah, we'll, we'll get it again. I'm gonna push you this time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, maybe you could have done that first. First, listen. Only if you knew my father. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it. It was a chain break and no name, but the the foam over the bar and the the wrap. The Velcro wrap that went around yeah, yeah, the yeah. bar said BMX. So okay. I thought BMX was a brand. Oh, sure. Just because it said BMX and it was like awesome. Like I, to this day, I still have no idea where he got it. If it was like someone that he worked with who had it, like no idea. But and got, was the point of that foam thing on the bar that was like to protect your nuts? Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. But so, it's just like, a thin piece of like yeah, I still fell on it. <laughs> yeah, so many times. <laughs> like that's still gonna... walked away, like knees buckled in, yeah. like holding myself, <laughs> like crying. Ah, <laughs> oh. yeah. <laughs> Did you ever learn how to break in a puddle and get the puddle to like do a wave? No. So again, I'm I'm not a very good athlete. Oh, okay. so like I couldn't even do bunny hops. Okay. Um, I couldn't do like. Again, my my older brothers were sort of into this stuff, and okay. we had like bike trails, yeah. Um, uh, that like some kids like just built in the woods, you know, mm. with like yeah. big hills and and like jumps and stuff. Cool. And like I no, yeah, no. And I tried to ride a skateboard, and no. That's cool. Like, but you you would bring the records home from the the library, and like was that like or or videos 
you know, I'm just trying to envision like for you, was that kind of like a, kind of like opening a treasure chest whenever you would bring something home and it's like you got to actually sit with it in your own space. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, like that feeling of like, there, the, it's one thing to look at it in the store or at the library. Right. But I feel like there's an extra connection when you can bring it into your space. Yeah. Well, like oddly enough, like thinking about back to my childhood, like the one record that I remember that, that I actually owned that I would sit with <laughs> in my room was Weird Al Yankovic in 3D. That's, that's awesome. That's the record. Yeah. <laughs> and I loved it. Yeah. Because it was funny and it was, and it was good. Me- like for people that are poo-pooing Weird Al, Weird Al is great. Yeah. He's a great musician. His band is great. Uh-huh. They, they play all those styles. He writes all those pastiches where yeah. it's like, this sounds like a Devo song and this sounds like, it's, he's great. Yeah. But that one I remember. And then I remember very succinctly. So I, I, I took lessons from this jazz drummer. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I was a little kid. I hated jazz. Every little kid hates jazz unless mm-hmm. you're, I don't know, a, an even bigger dork than I was. <laughs> like no little kid likes jazz. Yeah. <laughs> but he gave me this tape of Buddy Rich and Gene Krupa, Jazz at the Philharmonic. Wow. And so... I come home with this cassette tape and I put it in my dad's stereo and I'm listening to it and I'm like, wow, this is amazing. And Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's a cassette and it's recorded in like the forties or the fifties. So the sound is like super tinny, like, but still the drumming is great. Yeah. My older brother walks in and he's like, oh, you like drum solos, huh? Hold on. He goes into his room. He opens the CD player, puts in a CD, closes it, presses play. And it's, the album is Rush, A Show of Hands, and it's the rhythm method, which is Neil Peart's drum solo on that. Yeah. Which it immediately starts just going, and it's like the sound is... So I'm listening to this cassette of like... And then he plays that, and it's just like... And I'm like, what the fuck is that? Holy shit. And immediately I was like, fuck Buddy Rich, fuck Gene Krupa. Yeah. I like that guy. <laughs> yeah. Which is so hilarious that that happened because like his influence was Buddy Rich. Yes. And like, <laughs> yeah. J- even that rhythm that you yeah, just played out of your mouth, I'm like, Gene that's Krupa. Buddy Rich. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. playing that, that. But it was on CD and it was like, you know, sure. Recent. Sonically. Yeah. Sonically just, just blew like, you out of the water. Like, yeah. Like that. What was that? Maxwell. Do you remember the. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> there was a, a cassette. Maxwell cassettes, and there was an ad with this guy sitting by his stereo, yes, being blown away, yes, and and yeah, yeah, yeah I, and I know hair, exactly what you're talking being about. Blown back, yeah, that's what it felt like when he played that. I was like, whoa, oh, yeah, and so yeah, immediately I was like, all right, this is all I'm ever listening to ever again. And just go right back to your drum teacher and just like, I want to be like Neil Peart, and he's just like, and he was like, no fucking no. way, <laughs> fuck that guy. <laughs> and I was like, God damn it! Yeah. <laughs> all right, I'll practice. Stupid paradiddles. Was he sucks. was he one of the jazz guys who was like also anti rock and roll? Very much so. Yeah, very much so. Which uh, it sucked. Now that I'm a teacher, uh-huh. and I've been uh, you know I've been a teacher since you know for fifteen, sixteen, whatever, long time. I, I always remember that. Mm. So like, if I have a kid that's like. Travis Barker, and this is dating myself even with that, Travis Barker is the best drummer on the planet. I don't go, 
fuck you, kid. You don't know shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, listen to Alvin Jones and John Coltrane. Listen to this. Right, right. Like, he's going to be like, well, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, Travis is really good. Yeah. Let's listen to that. Let's learn what he's playing. And mm-hmm. let me show you why you need to practice paradiddles to get that shit down. Yep. Rather than just telling him, like, fuck that guy. Right. You know what you need to listen to is this 1920s uh, <laughs> version of <laughs> some stupid blues song. Yeah. <laughs> That's the real shit, son. Yeah, yeah. I know you're 11. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I I always remember that. And he was a great teacher. You know, he he taught me how to read and taught me to appreciate jazz eventually. Mm. It took a while. But uh, that that was the part that, that I always hate. Like, I would go to lessons, I basically do this. I would sit at home, play along to like Rush or yep. the radio. And then 15 minutes before my lesson, I would practice the thing that I was supposed to practice. <laughs> and I would get that down. And then I would go. Because I was actually kind of good at yeah. just getting that shit down. Yep. So it sounded like, he's like, oh, you've been practicing. All right, great. Yeah. Here's, here's the next lesson. And yeah. I was like, oh, I'm not going to do that. Oh, man. That that is um, my instant pot is going off. Do I edit it out or do I leave it in? I don't know. Realism is kind of nice, and it should go off there. There you go. All right. And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> that is not a bomb. Um, it's just an instant pot, which is technically a bomb if you it could be. open it <laughs> wrong way. <laughs> don't relieve the pressure first. Um, yeah, like I remember this is so telling in my personality. Like I even got to a point with my, the lessons that I took for nine months where I procrastinated before taking less, you know, like he was like, go home and like, you know, do this. And like my drum teacher was so sweet. He was, he, I, I loved him. And recently this found out that he has an Instagram. Like, and he's just a oh, retired weird. school teacher. Yeah. You know? He played drums um, on the side and taught on the side, but like his full-time gig was, a, uh, I think a special ed teacher for years. Mm-hmm. And I just searched him and found him recently. But like thinking back to the lessons, I remember there came a point within those nine months where the the day of just like, oh yeah. <laughs> just Shit. Like, I'm gonna I'm gonna Yeah. Okay. I think this is the speed we're supposed to work up to. Right. <laughs> and then just hope that he would be like, Okay, now you're ready to get on the drums because his whole thing was if you couldn't you know, um, hold a rhythm on the snare drum, then you couldn't get on the drum set. Yep, and same with mine. He was going to make me learn how to do the same rudiments around the drum kit as mm-hmm. well or incorporate them into the beats. Like, I still remember the paradiddle we did was um, kick, snare, kick, kick, snare, kick, snare, snare. Mm-hmm. And how the fuck I remember that? Like, it's so ingrained. Like, <laughs> yeah, I haven't played that in forever. But like, you know, I... I I still remember how like awesome it felt to I don't know just like re- regardless of recognizing that like maybe that the teacher was in a different style and and I wanted to be this person or anytime I brought something in and be like what about this and he's mm-hmm. just like that's cool you know yeah <laughs> but like let's get back to what we're learning right you know he he also taught me something that I'll never forget is that he he would say every practice um, or every lesson, he would say, practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes practice because nobody's perfect. Right. And I I remember as a kid, like that calming my anxieties about like trying to 
be the top of the line or like be yeah. better than the next kid at school or the next band. Cause it was just like, okay, like they're not perfect too. Like they're a fucking human who has to work to be that good. Or like if they're going to be any better, they're going to have to like work at it. Yeah. Um, and I, and I get it. Like some people, drums are very athletic. Some people may have the muscles and the muscle memory to like remember things that I'm not going to remember, but still like it just calmed me down of like, okay, I am where I am. I love what I'm doing and I'm doing it with this person who is completely different from me, but like this common bond yeah. of drums, like say no more. Well, that's great that you got it then because I'm just getting that now and I'm old <laughs> because I, I, you know, not to, well, anyway, like when I, whenever I play drums yeah. out in front of people, I'm very anxious about it. Sure. And, and it, I don't know why, because I've been playing for so long and I like, I know I'm at least competent, but like in my mind, I'm always like, you're going to fuck up or, you know, like I get like in this headspace. Yeah. That's, it's a bad headspace, but that's just where my brain goes. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, you're not going to play as good as you probably should play. Mm. You know what I mean? Like that kind of, like I just, I have this real defeatist mentality about it same i've I've struggled with that over the years as yeah well. i and get, so so just recently i've 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 been and i've been talking to a lot of people about this because you know a lot of musicians a lot of just people have this thought yeah what is it imposter syndrome are you familiar with that a little bit yeah i'm i'm finally i think getting over that okay where what, i'm just like what is it if you can explain it like so it, so it's it's basically I don't know how, how I can best describe it is that like I am I've been playing drums for long enough that I should be really good at it, mm. and in my mind I don't think I am as good as I should be at it. Yeah, and so I get scared that I'm going to be on stage or be in a recording situation playing, and I'm going to be thinking of what I'm playing and going like, God, you suck. What are you doing, man? Like, yeah. get it together. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Um, which I have done in performances for years and years. <laughs> like, just like, what is going, what are you doing? Like, fucking play good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you should be good. Yeah. What are you doing? Right. Um. So, yeah. So, I don't know. That's... Uh, I think it's maybe similar to what some musicians would know as red light fever. Like when the recording light comes on, you just tense up and it's just like, here we go. Yeah. And everything like, you know, your, your bowels just start releasing fluids and yeah, <laughs> you know, like it's intense. I will, get, I will get a left hand shake. So I, I played traditional grip and I'm holding I will a, get, a drumstick right now. I will get to a point where it's like, I, I can't like my right hand's fine, but my left hand is just like, it it just doesn't work. Yeah. Like, and you know, I can I can play. It's fine, but like it'll just start shaking. And I'm just like, I, I can't stop that. Okay. And I don't know why it's happening. Yeah. And I don't why, you know, it's uh I don't know why. But though so then I start boozing a little. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and then I start getting a little drunk and then I play sloppy anyway. So it doesn't that doesn't fix it. Yeah. So with these conversations that you've been having lately with people, like is that helping at all, or or giving yeah. more peace of mind on where you are now and 
Yeah, yeah. Um, and and um, a good friend of mine was just telling me, you know, um, about like sports psychology and like how a lot of a lot of like professional athletes go through like kind of the same stuff. Like, yeah. especially if you were, you know, just recently in the Olympics, like Simone Biles, yeah, like had that. You know, she withdrew. She was like, right. "I'm not right in mm-hmm. the head," and uh, and like she's the best gymnast ever. Yes, and then like her saying like, "I I can't do this." Yeah, and everyone's like, "What the fuck are you talking about? You're the best in the world. What? What do you have to worry about?" Yeah, yeah, and she's like, nah. "Yeah," and uh, so th- that and uh, there was a tennis player too. Um, oh right, uh, was it? Ser- it wasn't Serena, was it? No. Oh, young, younger, like, like a 20, 21 year old, 22 year old. She's like one of the best in the world. Got a space phone. Like, yeah. Just like Simone Biles, like, you know, one of, you know, top ranked females in the world. And she was like, you know what? I'm, I'm out. I can't do this. Okay. Um, Tennis player, mental health. John McEnroe. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like, what? Uh, is it Naomi Osaka? Yes. Yeah. That's her. Yeah, Osaka kept coming up and I was like, is that the city or yep. the name? Yeah, Naomi. So so when both, when that shit happened, that was recent. That I was, missed that one. Yeah, I guess. Sorry, yeah, but, no, it's, I mean, but, but those two things, I was like, oh, yeah. all right. So this isn't like... This isn't just me. And I knew it wasn't just me, but like seeing that and like, you know, I'm just like some piddly, you know, mediocre drum. Those are the best in the world. Mm-hmm. And they're like having these kind of issues. I was like, oh, okay, this is all right. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, just, just learning to sit with it and be like, all right, this is okay. Well, Re- I, I do want to say like, you know, I, I don't mean to sound like, that I was super overly confident because of that advice. Like, I think the reason it stuck with me is because I, I too ha- am, have dealt with anxiety since I was a child. And I think like that was, that statement was the saving grace of whenever it was like, they're better than me. Why try? Yeah. 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 So like, I don't want to sound like, Oh, I, I totally got it from a kid is like, Oh, they're good, but I'm going to be good too. It's like, no, no, like they're, it would come up at like very, like at the right moment. of just kind of like, they're not perfect. Yeah. And that was because I too as well strove for perfection still still maybe strive for kind of perfection with with the things that I can or or think I should be controlling or in be con- in control of or or have mastered or have behind me already like why am I still dealing with this thing? Yeah. That should have been 10 years ago, you know, like mm-hmm. and, um you know and and I also am not one of those people. As much as it's fun to to get nostalgic, like I, I, I also recognize that I, I believe that the digital age has brought a lot of good things and good resources, and we we are now in a in a place where we have so many things accessible to us. It's just more so like how do you manage that, you know? So I'm not trying to yeah. say like let's go back to books, you know? Oh yeah, yeah. it's like you know okay, like I I just want to make sure that I'm not only looking at my phone. And only allowing the algorithms to tell me right. and shape me. Um, but it's hard. 
It is. Because they're right. Yeah. <laughs> My YouTube page is just like, when I log into YouTube, it's just like every single video is like, yep, yep, I yep. want to watch that. I want to, <laughs> yes, yes. It's like fucking WrestleMania from 1986. Uh-huh. And like, here's like Black Holes Explained. And then here's like uh, 19 drum video. It's just like, it knows what I want to see. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't even like look at Netflix anymore because all I do is scroll through Netflix for, <laughs> for yeah. 15 minutes and, and then I, now I'm looking at my phone again. Mine has that that dumb feature where Netflix just always plays a preview. Yeah, it's mine like, does that too. That annoys me. So I'm just like, I'm not even going to get on that app because yeah. it's just going to start playing things that I'm going to have to mute it. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I I don't feel like that I'm caught in the past because there there's a lot about the past in my childhood or just growing up that I'm glad is behind me and done mm-hmm. you know like just kind of growing pains or social pains that you go through in high school and um th- there was a, a struggle to like like when watching certain musicians or things to be like okay I've got to meet that standard and I've got to find like that person yeah. to do that with and and you get told no time and time again like you know not in the band or you know like I'm not interested yeah. or maybe next time and yeah. <laughs> it's just like you know but I, I still remember in high school I was homeschooled and my mom went back to work for the first time in years and I was cutting lawns with a professional lawnmower, working, and then playing drums in my off time. And there was still a certain kind of like I think like fantasy that I was still going to like do the thing. Yeah, you know. Um, but then somehow, one life event became another excuse of like, oh, okay, I can't buy that thing because like I've got to go take care of this other thing. Sure. Or, oh, okay, like now I'm like dating this person and so like that's where my money's going or, oh, I'm not going to do it just I'll do it next week kind of attitude. Right. And so when I get behind the drums or work on music or do something artistically, the reason I beat myself up is because it's like, oh, those millions of times where you said like next week. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I've got to fucking get over it and just be like, dude, I'm in good health. Right. I'm thankfully I'm in good enough health to like I really wanted to like sit down and watch some tutorial on drums or guitar, whatever it is I want to tackle that day. I could do it. You know? But yeah, that's a good yeah, that's a good point. It's it's hitting me very specifically right now where it's just like you can't cuz I do that a lot too where I'm just like, man, when I had time when I was in college I should have practiced more. I shouldn't have fucking done keg stands and been trying to be cool. <laughs> right. <laughs> like I should yeah. have practiced because I had the time to. And now I don't have the time. You know, I'm a dad. I got shit to do. Sure. And like now I kind of want to practice, but you know, I don't have the time to. So rather than like beat myself up for like, hey man, when you were 20, you should have done this shit. Be mm-hmm. like, all right, well, I didn't do that shit. I'm here now. Yeah. What can I do now? So that's, yeah, that's, that's a, hey, thank you. That's, <laughs> well, that's it, good. It's encouraging because like, I mean, I've seen you play. You're a great fucking drummer and I have no reservation saying that. Like, oh, shucks. And 
I'm learning about you, obviously, because we've this is the first time we've talked face to face. I never would have guessed the anxiety thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and and that's that's something I'm learning that I can't just assume the way that maybe someone carries himself in a certain situation yeah, is true. like that they're good. Yeah. And I'm I feel like I'm relearning that lesson every month of my life that just like don't assume people are good. Check right. in, conversate, get to know them, you know. Yeah. So like that's kind of in the most polite way that I can say this, it's kind of blowing my mind that you're saying this. Well, it's and and I think this that point is true, especially after the past couple of years that we had. Hmm. Like there, I think a lot of people started to realize, you know, once once the pandemic hit and maybe like, you know, your your normal schedule was interrupted. Whether or not like you still had your job, yeah, obviously that was a thing, but like everyone's normal schedule was interrupted. And yeah. I think that caused like a lot of people um, just to like kind of think to themselves like, uh, am, I, am I okay? Mm. You know, because you get, you know, human beings are great at routine, yeah. right? You wake up and you make your coffee, you go to work, come home, make your dinner, watch, you know, fucking Seinfeld reruns, and then you go to bed and you do it all again tomorrow. Yeah. And then that gets interrupted and you're like, who the fuck am I? What am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you know, I learned how to bake bread and, uh, you know, we all <laughs> you, did. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, cause we were all looking for like, what the fuck did we do? Yeah. And, uh, and I think a lot of us were like, you know, kind of, and I'm not saying that I was necessarily this, but I know a lot of my friends were, were kind of like, you know, taken aback and like, what the fuck have I been doing with my life? Yeah. A- am I happy? Mm-hmm. I think this, uh, a lot of the good, and obviously it was mostly bad, but but one of the good things that came out of it is is that I guess in the past, like since maybe 15, let's just say 16, people have been more open about, um, I don't want to say feelings, but even, and I don't, I don't even want to say mental health, but mm-hmm. I guess that's what it is. It's just being more open about like, hey, I'm, I'm not all that great. Yeah. You know, especially, you know, me, you know, Midwest uh, baby boomer parents, like, like you're just supposed to like put your nose down and fucking go to work, get, get your shit done and don't talk about. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. And be grateful for. Yeah. The little that you have, which is in a sense, a a good thing to teach kids. Mm -hmm. But if it's all that you teach or if it's all that you're maybe feeling or, or, or predominantly feeling from your parents like that that too can be yeah. a little isolating or a little cold yeah you know I don't I don't know your parents I, <laughs> I'm sure they're they're wonderful people but you know I I know that when that's all that you hear that also can be like okay then why look for more or yeah so this is one of one of the good things about having a son so my son is about to be nine. He's very emotional, very, and and he, and he'll tell you like what he's feeling. So like, even if you're just like, "Hey, buddy, um, you got to do your homework before you play Fortnite," hmm. and he'll be like, "Oh, so you, you don't you don't want me to play Fortnite? Like, why not?" And it's like, "No, I I do want you to play Fortnite. I'm just telling you like, 
let's let's get a responsibility done and then you can have a reward sort of thing. So what I'm saying is like if for me, if my parents said that, I would never say like, oh, you don't why why don't you want me to yeah. do that? I would have just been like, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, you know, just do it. Right. But he's like, he's actually like, it's kind of refreshing. Like he's he's just open about his feelings. Or even if like if we just if I just tease him a little bit. Mm. Cause like it's fun to tease little kids, sure. But he's he he don't like being teased. No, and he he'll he'll tell me right away. He's like, it makes me feel sad when you're making fun of me. And I'm like, buddy, I'm not making fun of you. I'm just like teasing you. And he's like, well, I don't like that. I'm wow. like, oh, okay. That th- thank you for telling me. Yeah, I would never have told my parents that. No, never. No, that would never have happened. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> I was just taking it, you know. And I had two older brothers, so I was just. I was the baby, same, but of the, every joke yeah. from my brothers. Well, I had two older sisters, but similar. Yeah, I've been seeing over the last year and a half with the BLM movement and being here in the South. Like you've been very outspoken against racism. Has like your son who? Well, is, I've taken a strong stand against racism. Yeah. I want that on the record. Right, <laughs> I'm against it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and like I'm just curious. Like, is is that? Does your son, who is black, like also feel that that fire even more? You know, or, or I don't think so. So yes, my son. I I have an adopted son. He's uh, he's a black kid. A lot of people say African American, but I don't. He's black. I my joke is always if you say African American, you don't have any black friends, and that is true. <laughs> it's fucking true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah so uh we adopted let me i'll i'll start at the beginning is truncated version of the story wife and i um for some reason weren't getting pregnant we're too broke to go to a fertility doctor like to figure it out whatever it just wasn't happening um my wife's uh my wife's family um comes from a long line of fostering and so she proposed, like, let's just foster, um, let's become foster parents. And so we went through the classes. Um, it takes like six months, and um, it's a it's a long process, and a you know a lot of vetting, a lot of classes, a lot of blah 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 blah. blah. Yeah. So um, we got our first placement is my son, the very first foster placement. Wow. And I shit you not, this is God's honest <laughs> truth. When he walked in the door, he looked up at my wife and he said, Mommy. And, she, you know, her heart just melted. Whoa. <laughs> right? <laughs> I was Tom for a while, but she was Mommy. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> How old was he? Whatever. Um, he was not, not quite three, probably. He was yeah. just, just little. Tiny little, thing. Little, little. So we, we had him for a while. And, you know, the point of fostering is to get the kid back with the family. Mm-hmm. That is the entire point of it. Yeah. The point is not adoption. Right. The point is to get them back with their families. In his instance, um, he was, you know, dropped off by his mother at the Nashville police station, which you're just allowed to do. No questions asked. Wow. Just dropped off. Couldn't care for him anymore. But he had uh, a grandmother. And, um, and so DCS got in contact with her. Sure through whatever happened, blah, 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 she couldn't take him. So he had no, no other place to go. 
Yeah. Basically. And this happened in like four months. So he's been with us like four or six months, something like that. And then finally, after DCS, <laughs> after DCS, you know, contacts us and they're like, um, well, he will either go back into the foster system or you guys can adopt. Yeah. And immediately we're like, yeah, we're going to adopt. Like, we love him. <laughs> He's great. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. And then we went through the process of adoption and... Yeah, he's been uh, my son for years now. That's awesome. He's a little punk. Yeah. And uh, you guys seem like a pair. I've seen the photos. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's it's me and him against mommy now. <laughs> yeah. Daddy is cool now. Yeah. <laughs> right. Mommy was cool back then. Right. Daddy is fun now. <laughs> let's, you know, let's wrestle around. And I, I know about video games. Yeah. I know about all kinds of cool stuff. Right. Right. I know about guns. You want to go shoot guns? <laughs> We haven't shot guns, but eventually we will. Right. <laughs> you want to, let's go on go-karts. Go-karts are cool. Right. Mommy's not taking you on go-karts. <laughs> let's go. Right. But going back to your initial thing about, you know, so the fact that he's black, I he he knows that he is, right? But he doesn't he's still for lack of a I don't know how to explain it, like he's still being raised by white people. Mm -hmm. So like He's black, but culturally he's, you know, his parents are Midwesterners. Yeah. You know, Midwestern white folk. Um, so and and still he's like he's he's only about to be nine, so he's not like uh he's not he's not like quite aware of like, you know, these bigger social issues. Sure. Which he shouldn't be. Um because he's just a kid. Right. But, you know, I personally have seen like just little things because, you know, being in public with him and just being out places, obviously we don't look similar. Mm. So sometimes I will hear side comments from people not knowing that I'm his dad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they just think like, here's a little kid. I'm like, here's a little kid. Where's his parents? I'm like, I'm right fucking here. Hmm fuck off, <laughs> like yeah. that kind of, you know, you'll you just, it's, and it's, it's rare, but it does happen. Yeah. But it's, it's pretty rare. And, you know, so hopefully, uh, I don't know, hopefully, obviously some more shit is going to come, but yeah. uh, hopefully it's mitigated. And, and being here in the South, like you guys feel like that's, that's okay. Like I, I assume Nashville helps since it, is a little more diverse yeah. than most places in the South. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he's got, you know, uh, the school he goes to is, you know, there's there's tons of, you know, black and white kids, you know. Yeah. Black and white kids. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Uh, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not like, it would be different if we were living uh, in Wisconsin where I'm from. Sure. Where it's like 90 seven percent white people 97 percent swedish <laughs> yeah <laughs> i have thoroughly enjoyed especially during the pandemic all the posts that you were putting up for friends and family to see on on facebook and and how you guys were dealing with it as a family i just feel like it was inspiring to me and I, i've wanted to tell you that that like just kind of seeing how it's there were there were posts either about your wife or your kid where it's just like, man, that's cool. Like they have each other. And yeah, I'm sure that that didn't, there were many days that it didn't feel 
great (laughs) for all the above reasons. No. But at least outsider looking in, especially last year going through it all, kind of living with two roommates through it all. It was just like seeing a, you know, one of my musician friends who's a family guy go through it with a family. It was like, cool. Like that's, Mm -hmm. that's, that's a good thing right there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So much of, you know, obviously the pandemic sucked, but you know, even before the pandemic was, you know, George Floyd and Ahmaud Aubrey and like Mm -hmm. all that, when all that stuff was happening and obviously I have family members that, you know, are, are, are just, you know, rural white folk from Wisconsin, yeah. right? And so they have a certain uh, viewpoint of the world, let's say. Sure. I'm being very uh, diplomatic here. Right. <laughs> I, I can sense the, the tone. <laughs> so, yeah, choosing my words, you know, carefully. Sure. But, you know, they, they have a certain viewpoint of the world. And, um, and obviously, uh, you know, relatives on Facebook, that's, that's a thing. You know, it used to just be relatives at Thanksgiving. Now it's relatives every day on Facebook. Yeah. And, um, so a lot of, a lot of what I was seeing from, you know, people that I'm supposed to love and are supposed to love me and my family, some of the stuff I was seeing from them was, I was just like, well, I mean, you don't get it. Yeah, you, get, you guys just aren't getting it. Yeah, and I can't really fault them because it's it's easy to be ignorant when when you have no um, I don't know no basis for for any other way of thought. Like you know, if you live in rural Wisconsin, like you're just, that's your life. And you just know the people that you know. And then if you're watching or ingesting whatever news source you're ingesting, like, and you're thinking, all right, well, that's what's happening in the world. Well, you don't really know what's happening. You just know what's happening in your small pocket. Mm -hmm. And what's happening in your small pocket is just a bunch of like-minded people that are getting their, you know, it's, it's just this kind of like, I'm not being very articulate at all. No, I, I'm tracking. You're, you're doing a great job. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm trying not to you, like swear. There, there is No, there's a line to walk here and I think you're, you're doing a great job. It's, it's difficult. And I have family and an extended family that live in a very similar way. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's hard because those people look and at times sound similar to me. Yes. And it's like, but I'm not them. They are not me. And like, and I'm grateful for, I'm grateful for my upbringing and my family and a lot of the, the, the many things that I was taught. Um, I, I'm also grateful for a mother who, who put me in an, in an inner city kids ministry not to lead at nine or 10, however old I was, close mm-hmm. to your kid's age, but to sit on the, the blanket with them at the program to be a participant. So that, because the neighborhood I grew up in was all white. Sure. And so when, when our little uh, church got involved in this, this inner city ministry, like predominantly the kids were, were black. Mm-hmm. And I just remember that was their goal was like to make friends with them. So I would, 
have friends from a small age that didn't look like me or come from right. maybe the same um, economical background as me. What ha- whatever cultural is cultural the big one. Too, yeah. it, you know, and I'm grateful for that. But however, it's like they're still. She, my mother, doesn't represent every person in my family, and you feel that right when you've been able to leave the circle and you've been able to experience other people and other ways of life and appreciate it and see that it's not all bad or weird. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some things where it's not even just like a it's a bad, a right or wrong thing, but it's just like that's just weird. Yes, and that's just what they do, but we don't. Sure. Throwing up my hands <laughs> yeah, right now. I understand. <laughs> Creating a wall for those who, who are listening. Um, so yeah, I, I can resonate with that. And it's just, it's a it's a very difficult conversation to navigate because you, you know that that person also has a hundred qualities about them that are so great. Yeah. And you... It's just if, if if one of those things that maybe they grew up with or or that they love could translate to some of the bigger social issues that we're seeing now, it would be great. Yeah, <laughs> but it's just <laughs> it's just like it's unfortunately it's it's um it's pers it's perspective. Like you know, yeah, I I come from where you know my family comes from however like i've been all around the world i've i've met many different people from many different cultures you know like that informs you if you just stay in your small town forever and stay around the same people your entire life like well that's what it is yeah like if you don't and i'm not i'm not like kissing my own ass for being like look at me i went out and i sure but but it does like it does help to like get out and get out of your your community, your comfort zone and like, you know, understand like what, you know, this is why people in France are like this or this is why the Dutch are fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> and they are. I they love are. you guys, but you're weird. <laughs> I Black take it. Pete, get out of here. <laughs> I take it that you've been to, to I've Europe. I've <laughs> been to Holland many times. <laughs> I've not been to Holland, but I have run in... I have Dutch friends both from Europe and in they America. They are so. fucking <laughs> nutballs. Love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I used to live in Germany, so ah, I've yeah. been to Germany many times. They're also like kind of, kind of a you know, it's different. It's, it's different. culturally different. Yeah, you know, I mean, many things are the same. Like they love beer and fucking, bread. You know, <laughs> I love beer. There we go. We can meet on that, right? <laughs> but yeah, it just it does help to like meet different people and mm-hmm. be in different cultures and be like, all right, well, that's what they do and that's what they do rather than just, you know, yeah, staying in your one little bubble and like that's all you know. Yeah. To that end, I will say when I was growing up and I grew up in Kenosha, Wisconsin, when I was growing up, I hated that town. I wanted to get out so bad. Mm. Fuck that place. Like mm. that was my mentality. Like yeah. I hate this place. When I go back there every time, I'm just like, oh, this is nice. I, yeah. I kind of like this. <laughs> <laughs> What's it like? Well, like, I guess, you know, every kid's different. Are you looking forward to the day when when your kid is old enough to have more mature conversations? You know, or, or is it like right now they're young and innocent and it's like you just want to treasure that time? Yes and no. Yeah. Like, 
he's he's very he's very open and uh, you know i i always try to be like the kind of dad that's not, i'm not your friend i'm your dad but you can tell me anything and i will not judge you for it mm-hmm. like you won't get in trouble for telling me the truth yeah like, that kind of stuff so thankfully again he's you know he's still a little kid so mostly what he's going to tell me is like mm, I, I may have like hit a kid at school today you know like it's like all right buddy well why did you hit well he was he was calling me names and i'm like all right all right yeah um hopefully when he's like 16 he's like dad i i did pcp and i don't i don't know what i don't know what the fuck's going on i'm like all right buddy i got you <laughs> i'll come get you i'll yeah. not judge you i'll judge you in a couple of days yeah. but tonight you're okay. I'm very interested in where he is now. Okay. Like when he was littler and again, when he was more like, ah, I like mommy and you know, dad's fuck off. Cause like that's, you know, at least that was his journey. Sure. As soon as he was all about me, I was like, yeah, this is fucking rad. Let's, let's do this. Yeah. Cause I know eventually that's going to like, he'll be 13, 14. He'll probably just be like, hi, ah, you're an old fucking fuddy-duddy, fuck off. Yeah. Dad. Yeah. The old man. Yeah. And I'll be like, I'm still cool. <laughs> Let's, I don't know. Phil for Modern Family. Yeah, <laughs> yeah probably. That'll be me. I am interested in seeing him grow and seeing what kind of... By the way, since I, since we, you know, the first day he walked into our house, he's been the same kid. Wow essentially yeah like i have videos of him when he was three just being like a little fucking ham like funny he's funny like that's his thing he's just a funny kid Mm -hmm. naturally i hope to at least foster that into something that isn't too disruptive in the classroom (laughs) (laughs) but but you know like like he just he is funny like and i i'm you know i know funny Mm-hmm. I have a sense of humor, yeah. <laughs> as everyone says. Yep. I've got a good sense of humor. I'd say so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I'm, uh, I'm interested to see. And so my job at this point is to, is to try and like just show him as much shit as possible. Mm. He was in karate. He's swimming. He's uh, in improv classes. Like you just got to throw a bunch of shit at him and see like what sticks mm. because you know, just give him as many opportunities and, and something might hit. Like, I'm a drummer. I've got a drum set in my house. He could not be less interested in it. Yeah. And I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong? <laughs> if, if I had a drum, I would never leave that thing alone. He doesn't touch it, doesn't give a shit. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm flabbergasted. Right. You don't ever, he never hits it. I'm just like, you can just hit drums. It's there's drums. But he's not into it. So I'm just like, all right, he's not into it. And that's great that you accept that. Yeah, let's too. try the next thing. Yeah. Because, I mean, and this is something that's come up on the, the podcast before where it's, you know, parents in one way or another can struggle with wanting to make, you know, imitations of themselves mm-hmm. through their children. And so it sounds like you and your wife have done a good job at like recognizing like this is his personality. Yeah. And this is what he enjoys. Mm-hmm. This is... And, and, Again, I also have the the access of seeing what you guys post on a regular basis. Sure, and you know Spider Man running around the house and right. jumping off walls. But um, that's all the good stuff. Yeah, remember we're not <laughs> right. posting. I don't, I don't live there. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you know it, it sounds like from what, from what you're saying and what I've seen that you know you you guys have a, a handle on like he's got to be his own person, which yeah. is so 
cool. But at the same time, like starting at the beginning of the conversation, you said, I'm also not afraid to tell him no. Yeah. And he doesn't need to know everything just yet. Right. You know? And, and so. He, yeah. He's still, yeah. He's still a little boy. So he doesn't need to, you know, he doesn't need to know everything that's, you know, going on in the world. Like when I, let's see. So he's in third grade. When I was in third grade, the space shuttle Challenger blew up. So that's how old I am. Did you watch it live? No, but I remember being in cla- in the classroom and another teacher came in and told our teacher that it blew up. And, uh, and my teacher was like, what? I remember that succinctly. Wow. Um, but so, and I try to tell my wife this all the time, like that he's a little boy and a little boy. I don't know if, I don't know if little boys and little girls are, are different in this way, but little boys get obsessive about shit. Mm. For a while, he was only into Batman. Like, that's all he wanted to do was watch Batman, play Batman, play with his Batman toys, like just Batman. That's yeah. it. Now, of course, he's into um, uh, video games. Fortnite. And, well, Fortnite and, well, yeah, video games are awesome. Yeah. And and I remember being nine, going over to my friend's house and watching him play Legend of Zelda and just, oh, oh, <laughs> oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> this... This tube screen. <laughs> so, 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 I, yeah, I try to, I try to tell my wife at least, like, all right, well, you love me, you married me. I'm telling you, when I was his age, he, I was doing the same thing he was doing. Yeah. So it's like it's okay. Yeah. Because like she, she does get concerned. She's like, I don't know, he's a little, you know, he's a little too into video games. That's kind of weird. Let's not foster that. It's like right. that's we can't. That's the cat's out of the bag. Yeah. <laughs> like he's that's happening. Man, so great. Thank you so much for making time. And I know you guys are busy people and I would love to take a drum lesson from you. I would love to learn how to do triplets. That is my anxiety. Ooh, triplets. When it comes to drumming. That's easy. It is, is it though? So easy. Dude, when you talked about getting sweaty and locking up. Yes. That's me and triplets. Oh. I get so frustrated. I immediately, like I, I have watched every YouTube video that I can to try and figure it out. And I get immediately like, do you mad. know what a flam is? Yeah. Can you play a flam? Okay. Now put a bass drum after that. There you go. But I can't do that. Like, so instead of thinking one and a two and a three and a, just think. I can I can play it with my fingers, like I can go. That's great, but I can't translate that to my hands and foot, huh? And it's pissed me off for years. Like, so I would not that it, this is going to stay in the podcast because <laughs> this this is a serious thing. Like when when there there are very few things in my life that like I I am anymore very hard on myself about. That is something, and as silly as it sounds, like not being able to do triplets on drums for mm-hmm. me is something that will keep me up late at night feeling like a failure. Not being a, a millionaire or like all these other th- <laughs> it's It's the fucking triplets. Not being triplets. incredibly handsome. Yeah. And- <laughs> <laughs> not having all this money to just make and sculpt myself to look like Brad Pitt. Uh-huh. Um, no, it's- He it's, is adorable. Yeah. Um. <laughs> He's just so cute. <laughs> Good Lord. Brad. Yeah, it's, it's the- that is one of those things. But that said, I would also like to say thank you for for being open about like really who you are and, and you know, like admitting like, hey, like 
actually I'm, I kind of get anxious when I play. Oh yeah. Like I never would have picked up on that. I'm going to tell you what I, I was anxious about coming over here for at least a week. Really? Yeah. Every day I was thinking like, what am, what am I going to say? Oh, I'm going I'm to sound stupid. Like, oh, God damn it. Oh, what the fuck? Every single day. Wow. And, and honestly, today, and I was actually thinking about it when you messaged me, I was like, oh, maybe it's off today. Maybe I'm off the hook. <laughs> Cause, cause you, in, in, in your yeah. message, you were like, all right, I'll get you, I'll get back to you that week. Oh shit. But you didn't. <laughs> I left you hanging. No, but, but I was like, cause I easily could have messaged you back. That's what I always, you know, yeah, it's yeah. always a two way street. Yeah. But, but for a second I was like, oh shit, maybe it's not happening. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Oh, bummer, oh I'm oh, sorry. Okay. I don't have to. And then you messaged me. And I'm like, you're like five thirty still good. And I was like, yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I guess. But at least you're honest about it, you know? No, like, I, I, you know? that's how I am with everything. Okay. With everything. Like, I don't want to do anything. Mm. I really don't. Okay. I don't want to play gigs. I don't want to do rehearsals. I don't want to. I, all I want to do is, like, be at my house. <laughs> that's okay. all I want to do. Yeah. But it is good for me to get out of the house, <laughs> especially for my wife's sanity, right. <laughs> because I am a bore to be around. <laughs> But yeah, so I, I, I did have some anxiety because I was like, because I, I listened to the podcast. Oh, did you? Uh, yeah, I'm a subscriber. Oh, um, shit. And so like the, Thank the you. past couple of, of people you've had on were like fucking super interesting. And I'm just like, I don't, I'm not that interesting. And who was the, who was the guy that was, um, God damn, he was funny. Um, musician, you went to see him in like on a like he lives on a farm. Yeah, Billy. His, yes, the, the first one of the. Yeah, that guy is that was fucking <laughs> so entertaining. Yeah, and so I'm listening to that. I'm like, God, what the fuck am I gonna say? I like. I, that's where my drums are right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I listened to that and I was like, God damn, that guy is engaging. That's a great podcast. Yeah, and I'm just sitting there going like, what the fuck. I don't have anything. <laughs> but you do. No. But, I knew you did. But, I, like, I knew we had enough to bond over, but also it's like g- gauging from what I've seen you post about, I was like, I know we're going to talk about shit. And I know it's not going to be the one and only time we get together. This is a first, by the way. <laughs> you know, Not that I'm trying to corner you. I'm, I'm not trying to <laughs> trap you in my house now that you're here. <laughs> All right. Well, cool. I like the podcast and I thank you for having me on. Yeah. This was fun. Sweet. I, I, I shouldn't have been so anxious about it. It was very easy. It's just hanging out on my couch. Just hanging out. Is the Tempur-Pedic good for you? Does it feel okay? <sighs> yeah. You can take is, these away and sleep on it too. quite nice. Yeah. This is better than the couch. We uh, we should get one of these. It, I can tell you exactly where we bought it. And <laughs> All right. Well, you know, I don't, I don't have that kind of money yet. <laughs> <laughs> buying a new house. I got yeah. mortgage and escrow. I don't even know what these terms are. Oh, my goodness. You I had a termite in- inspection earlier. Yeah. <laughs> I hope there's no termites. Who knows? We'll see. <laughs> what have you been living with for eight years? Yeah, exactly. You're about to find out. <laughs> <laughs> They've been eating the house. <laughs> we don't have a corner there. <laughs> oh, I never noticed. <laughs> that beam's missing. I thought it came like that. <laughs> awesome, man. Thank you so much. Thanks, Clark. Yeah. How about that? Wasn't that fun? Thank you so much for coming on, Thomas. Man, I had a good time. I feel like 
feel like we bonded quite a bit. Not just over drums, but over family, being from the Midwest. And that was a good time. Can't wait to have Thomas back on. All right. So next week, all new guest. Maybe there will be another podcast this week. Will I have time? Guess you'll just have to find out, huh? <laughs> Either way, say hello to your mother. Bye.